Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This past Friday's episode was a great Dateline that we are not covering. We already covered it for our Patreon, actually. Yeah. But if you saw it, it's bananas. It has fake military. It's so good. It's Mm. Secrets in Smoky Mountains. It's really good. So maybe consider joining our Patreon. This is not a plug. It's it just a coincidence. Yeah. Or is it? Oh, good. Okay. It's not. It's Dateline it's... airing episodes that we've covered for our Patreon to make people join our Patreon. No, they don't care. Absolutely not. Yeah, no. that is absolutely not true. But None of this is, is true. just as good of an episode, in my opinion. This case I know very well. I've listened to a lot of stuff on this case, and it is... In the past? Yes. Oh, great. I this is no two idea. for two. I am keep picking winners. Our Patreon that we just recorded, I knew. And this one, I knew. But this case is kind of... I'm surprised we haven't covered it. Did you know Andrea Canning was going to basically hang off the side of a mountain and scare me to death? I don't want to talk about it. I'm sweating. That part I don't want to talk about. There's a lot of footage... Okay, trigger warning for anyone scared of heights. Yeah. <laughs> don't watch this dateline. Or anyone scared of Andrea anything happening to Andrea, which is all of us. It's not just that. It's the footage of the over the cliff, which happens about every 35 seconds yeah. in this episode. I was yeah. like, can we pull back? Can mm-hmm. everyone just pull? Everyone needs to yeah. fall back. We mm-hmm. can't be having this. Let's go to land. Yeah. Sea level. Let's be at sea level. So this episode is called A Deadly Path. It is season 24, episode 30. I don't know the date. I don't even think that's the right season number. That's what online said. But I. That's what it is on Peacock. I know, but that's not what it is on my app that I use to keep track of all my television shows. And that app is pretty good. And yes, I have an app that helps me keep track of all the television shows I watch. I don't want to. I'm moving on. We have to have hobbies, Kimberly. We have to have hobbies. Yeah, that's my hobby. It is hosted by hanging off the side of a cliff. Basically, what's his name in that movie? Cliffhanger. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone, except gorgeous Andrea Canning. I'm sure some people think that Sylvester Stallone is gorgeous. Sure. Yeah. Just a different way. I would love to meet someone who just was like, he's gorgeous. (laughs) I want to meet that person really bad. Probably the same people who still are attracted to John Travolta. I could be friends with them. They have Cole's cash. They would share with you. Yes. So we're going hiking. I've been hiking a lot lately. So this episode where I've been meaning, I've been trying to, I've been thinking about it. There you go. Maybe thinking of signing up for 52 hike challenge, which is a great challenge. You do a hike every week, gets you outdoors for a whole year. Let's revisit that at the end of this episode and see if we still think it's a good idea. Okay. That sounds fine. Tony Bertoli was a respected ophthalmologist, a devoted Christian living in Mississippi. Stop. When Kimberly said Tony, how many people thought she was going to say Tony Enclave or a Tony (laughs) town? How many people thought that Tony was about to be an adjective or a descriptor word and not someone's actual name? I wish. Because a lot of the datelines start with a Tawny blank or a Tony such and such. So I know because we had a a huge thing about it. Where I had to look it up and make sure I was using the right word. And you were. But I think I was pronouncing it wrong. No. Yeah, because Tawny's like the color and Tony is... Something else, which I thought that you had misheard and it was Tawny. Right. Yeah. You made me doubt myself. Sure did. So 
Tony, 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 grew up in the South, Mississippi. She went to Ole Miss. Katie, would you like to tell us what you think Ole Miss is? A river. Correct. A, a big river that uh, runs through the middle of the country. Yeah, it's not that. She kept telling people I fell in the Ole Miss. And I kept saying, I did not fall into a college. I fell in a river. In my defense, if you, somebody who didn't know anything about anything, and you said, what does Old Miss sound like to you? A college or a nickname for the Mississippi River? Yeah, I can see it. Okay. I was totally wrong. Tony was a fancy Southern gal, and apparently they had to wear coat and tie for football games at Old Miss. Is that, Is that right? still true? What's okay. happening? Andrea asks, no sweatpants? And they say, never in public. Ooh. Basically, these are not our people. I'm sorry, not whose people? Yours. Don't try to get out of it. Shirt as shorts. But I don't wear sweatpants in public. Do you? Because you don't wear pants in public. <laughs> That's another issue we have to address on another podcast. They're called cutoffs. Okay, good. Tony was busy with work and the clock was ticking to have children. So she went on a Christian dating site. And because Christians are never murderers, nothing happened. And end of story. Bye. Thanks. Eventually, Tony met the one. Charming, well-dressed, well-spoken Harold Henthorne. No. Sounds like a supervillain. Yeah. He worked as a consultant to nonprofits. No. <laughs> Red flag. They were both extreme planners. Extreme. Extreme. They apparently devised a formula for compatibility, which her friend is telling Andrea about. There were five C's of compatibility, and one was compatibility, which makes no sense. I think the friend got the thing wrong. I felt bad because she was put on the spot. She's like, five C's of compatibility. There was compatibility. I feel like compatibility was not one of them or it was the last one. Because that's the umbrella term for the whole thing. Yeah. And that's what the, all the five things are supposed to make up. So I don't think it is that one thing. Anyways, Christianity was one. And Andrea suggests chemistry. There you go. Yep. She got it. Did you think of any? Cold, hard cash. Constipation? Because it's it's like marrying someone in better or worse when they're regular, when they're constipated. Okay. Did you think of any consumption? Character. Oh, character. That's good. That's probably his one. Here we go. So they had four out of the five before they met in person. And when they'd meet, they'd know if there was chemistry. And there was. So it was five out of five. And Andrea says, combustion. Andrea's doing great. She's playing along. She's getting in the spirit of it. I love she it. She is. I love it. Harold was a widower. His first wife died in a car accident. Sure, Harold. Is yeah. car accident one of the C's? <laughs> they get married and they move to Denver and they have a daughter, Haley. Harold was Mr. Mom. We've talked how I don't like that term. Then why did he you was, say it? Because they said it. Oh, boy. On okay. Dateline. He was in charge of the diaper change, everything. And so Tony went back to work and built up a big practice. Years passed. One day, Harold calls the manager of the practice, Tammy, and says, can you help me out? I want to plan a big surprise for our 12-year anniversary. So Tammy does some trickery with the books so that Tony could go home early. And they put Harold in an exam room, and she goes in, and he's like, surprise, we're going away for the weekend. Very mm. sweet. Kind of makes me anxious. I don't really like surprises. Except Harold that she says, no, I can't. Yeah, she says, no, I can't. And, and I Tammy. was like, I feel like that's a cry for help. 
is cry for help one of the C's. I feel like that. I feel like that's like a code. Again, one of the C's that's like, I really don't want to go with him. And Tammy's like, no, I rearranged your schedule so you can go. And the doctor's like, thanks, Tammy. Yeah, we need to come back to Tammy because Tammy is telling this like it's a really cute story. But Tammy actually did not do her friend a service. She didn't know. She thought she was just helping her go on a romantic weekend. But did Dateline ask her to tell this like the outcome of this trip is different? Well, it seems like it. It's early on in the Dateline and they don't want to give away what happens. I guarantee you that Tammy did not tell the story as happy the first time she told it. I have a feeling they said we need Pretend you to because your memory's yeah. erased. You don't know what happened after this fateful decision. And I think you're that's excited. What Go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Harold had planned the whole trip. He had packed up all of Tony's clothes. He had planned a sitter for Haley. They go to the famous Stanley Hotel. Oh boy. Which is famous for the shining. Red rub. Red rub. Super romantic. Daddy's not hearing Mrs. Torrance. Why? <laughs> Why? I mean, it looks beautiful. Also, they, it turns out they have a cabin that's not that far. So, like, why didn't they just go to the cabin? I don't know. Why did they show that one picture from The Shining, though, is the better question. Right. They show the picture. They show a really scary picture. Oh, see, I thought they did not. I thought they showed the picture of him with the bartender. Which isn't real. because it's Yeah, but if you didn't spoiler. know that, if you haven't seen the movie, you would think, oh, that's not that scary. <laughs> He's doing that weird, scary smile. It's not like his normal. Why didn't they show like the picture of them at the beginning? They're showing like near the end of the movie. They could have shown the axe picture and. They definitely could have. There's worse pictures they could have shown. There's worse. They could have shown the bathtub. Yeah. Well, that spoiler again, if you have seen The Shining, <laughs> I'm sorry, because that's there you go. But I feel like. I don't know. That's funny that we both saw it differently. I immediately wrote down, why did they pick that? Yeah. And I that's was like, oh, pleasant. that's a weird picture to pick. Yeah. You wouldn't know what that scene means unless it you'd seen the movie. I guess most, I think most people have seen the movie. If you haven't, please go see it. It's rented. Yeah, see it. It's very good. They go out hiking the next day in uh, Rocky Mountain National Park, but then cut to disaster. He's calling 911 and saying his wife fell from a rock, needs help. She's fallen off a cliff. I have really have bad cell service and, you know, you got to help me. So the ranger sets out to find them, but you can only get to where they are by foot and that will take hours. So Harold is telling the 911 people she's not conscious. She's she's breathing, but she's not conscious. I'll pay anything for a helicopter. Airdrop a paramedic down here. And the operator is like, no, sir, we don't do that. And he goes from a rope. And they're like, no, we, we cannot He's like, do from that. From a 10 foot rope. What? Yeah. What? What? He watched the movie. He yeah, watched, he watched Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Finally, Harold says, I got to go. My cell phone's dying. So then next he texts Tony's brother, Barry, who's a cardiologist. Tony is injured, dot, dot, dot. Fall from rock, dot, dot, dot. Requested flight for life, dot, dot, dot. EMT rangers on way, dot, dot, dot. Will be dark when arrive, pray. And he keeps texting Barry updates. I thought his phone was dying. Save your battery for the rescue scene. Also, why are you typing ellipses? Right. I don't know. It takes more time. It's so many. It's not like the phone is adding them in. He's going dot, dot, dot. Like he's making it like a telegram. He's doing 
Airlift approaching. Stop. Situation critical. Stop. Why? Why is he doing that? I don't. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. If okay. I understood Harold, I wouldn't be here. Okay. I'd be a much more successful lady. So. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The rangers can't find them. So Harold builds a fire. He puts wet moss on it, thinking that'll make smoke. I was super impressed by that. I thought, that's like naked and afraid stuff. Was he a Boy Scout? Because later on, he has a whistle. So he had a fire capability and a whistle. Yeah, he was ready. He was a prepared hiker. Yeah. Then 911 tries to walk him through CPR because she stopped breathing. And Harold is like, no, I'm, I, I need to keep the line free for rangers. So don't explain to me CPR. And then he texts the brother, Barry, again, can't find Pulse. I feel like he's doing too many updates. I feel like maybe it's better to have never said anything because then they wouldn't have been worried this whole time and maybe tell them after. What's the point other than freaking out the family who can do absolutely nothing? nothing? Is it because Barry was a cardiologist? That's the only thing I could think of. C is for cardiologist. Why did he do that? I don't know. Also, how did he scale the mountain? She fell and suddenly he's near her? We'll get there. So okay. finally he texts the family. She's gone. And they're all devastated. We learned that this is not that uncommon, though. And in a way to freak out Kimberly's new health hiking journey... Even more, we learn that 150 people die in national parks each year. And in Rocky Mountain, the leading cause of death is falling. And that each death is investigated by an investigator who is not just there so that Yogi Bear won't steal your picnic baskets. But because a national park is like some of our small towns on Dateline, where the coroner is also the mayor and runs the newsstand on Thursdays, yeah. the park ranger that went to rescue Tony, who was also an EMT, is go. also a cop. So we see this B-roll that is a close-up of his park ranger badge on his arm, and then the camera pans over to the cop badge on his chest, and then the camera pans over to his other sleeve, and it says, town historian, and then on the back, and it says, Dan's flower shop and taxidermist. Love it. No, it doesn't. So he's investigating the fall. Harold said they went on the Deer Mountain Trail early afternoon. And this is what is called a moderate hike, but it's very challenging. Hmm. As a very new hiker who uses a hiking app to find local hikes, I have learned recently that if the app says easy, I am huffing and puffing my way up the hill. And at the halfway point, I give up and I go get Taco Bell. And if it says moderately, leveled hike, I mm -hmm. barely make it out of my car. So this was very challenging. Oh, wow. If it said moderate, the avid, avid, avid hikers. Okay. So what hike do you need if you're starting a child hike? Only a 2000% grade increase of incline in the first 30 miles. I barely was sweating. Like th those are the people. It makes you feel really bad about yourself. <laughs> So cut to Miss Canning on the side of a, is C for Canning? Yes, for sure. On the side of a mountain. Yeah. She's adorable, mm -hmm. first of all. Should we say what she's wearing or should we talk about it in Fashion Police? We can say what she's wearing. She's wearing a safety vest, but it's pink. No, not yet. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Right now, she's just wearing a hot pink zip-up top. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. But it's for safety. I don't think so. Absolutely. In neon, it's like bright, bright pink. She's wearing it instead of wearing like an orange. And also she doesn't blend into the background. It's a very smart choice okay. for up on the mountain. But it's not a safety vest like a workman wears. Eh. I think she wears stuff like that all the time. She might. But when I saw it, my first thought was, oh, that's smart for hunters, just in case. I don't think there's hunters in a national park. I don't know why I thought that. I just was like, well, she's wearing a bright color just in case someone has a gun. <laughs> but C she's is wearing for jeans. safety with a C. <laughs> there you go. She's wearing jeans and tennis shoes. Too. Yeah. She looks great. She looks sporty. Yeah. Super sporty. So Harold had told the investigator that he and Tony wanted to be alone and the trail was too crowded. So they went off into the woods. No. Were they going to have forest coitus? See? See for... Well, no, it's their anniversary trip. So they want to be romantic and alone. How crowded was this trail? Sorry. How do these hiking trails get where you're like passing people every five minutes? Probably on the weekend. Yeah, probably on the weekend. Oh, that does not sound fun. Tony was a lifelong athlete, but she had knee injuries that had plagued her for years. So now we have Andrea sitting on the side of a mountain, sitting, sitting, a queen of Dateline, precious cargo, mother of 19 children, respected reporter on a mountain with no harness, flames on the side of my face. Does Dateline, are they prepared to deal with the consequences if something happens to our Andrea? I'm sorry. Let's be clear. Kimberly is making it sound like her feet were dangling into the great abyss below. That's how it felt. That is not at all how that scene was. There's a much later scene that was way more worrying than her sitting on a rock. But I had not seen that scene yet. It looked like she was just sitting on a rock. But Kimberly is very protective. She's <laughs> sitting on a rock reporting on a story about a woman who fell off the side of that mountain. And at no time during this episode was I worried that Andrea would be hurt until this one part. Okay, fine. We'll get to that part then. But I was not worried about the sitting scene. I can't wait for your ire to match my own. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure that many of our listeners will be like, absolutely. The rock <laughs> freaked me out. So you'll have some. Don't Thank worry. Thank you. This is the spot she tells us where Tony and Harold stopped for lunch. Because apparently... People hike for longer than the 15 minutes that I hike for, and it requires meal breaks. This is an all-day hike that they went on? Is that what Tony wanted to do for her anniversary weekend? For her anniversary? With her bad knees? Is I doubt it. That doesn't... Okay. Ugh. I My hikes are, like I said, 15, 30 minutes tops. I slip a monk pack bar in my pocket, and I'm good to go. Yeah. As you should, because monk pack are delicious for hiking or for just sitting in your darn apartment. Oh, I do plenty of that, too. <laughs> that good. Healthy snacks have a bad reputation. And let's be honest, that's because most don't taste very good. They don't fill you up and they certainly don't satisfy your cravings. C is for cravings. This episode <laughs> is sponsored by the letter C and monk pack. <laughs> who makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary sweets, but with one gram of sugar or less. That's right. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars have one gram of sugar or less, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. 
They're great for anybody following a keto lifestyle, and they're the perfect snack for anyone who is trying to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. Look, to put it lightly, I have a little bit of a sweet tooth. To put it honestly, I have spent the majority of my life seeking out candy and figuring out how to incorporate it into a meal. If I could make candy broccoli taste good, I would do so. So honestly, finding something like Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars are a godsend. They taste delicious, and I actually feel like I am putting something good in my body for once. And mm-hmm. who knows? My breakfast Rolos might be the thing of an old Katie, and new Katya <laughs> might be healthy and fit. <laughs> Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars have the perfect balance of salty and sweet, a crunch from the whole nut and seeds, but still manage to stay really soft and chewy. I don't know how they do it but it's magic. They come in delicious flavors like sea salt, dark chocolate, caramel sea salt, pecan almond, peanut butter, dark chocolate, or my favorite of favorites, macadamia white chocolate. I'm going to order a pack for Bob because I'm trying to get him to go low carb. Does he like macadamia white chocolate? Actually, I think he does. It's the best. It's delicious. He keeps going, what can I eat now? What can I eat now? Get him on Monk Pack delivery. Why are you waiting? I'm not. I'm doing it right now. Literally, like on my phone. You can do the rest of the episode. That's fine. They're perfect for a quick snack to satisfy your sweet tooth without any guilt. Enjoy Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars as a quick breakfast even, just out while running errands or if you're into working out, after a workout. In addition to being keto-friendly, the bars are also gluten-free, plant-based, and non-GMO with no soy, trans fat, sugar alcohols, or artificial flavors. Kimberly and I are obviously obsessed with these bars. We probably eat more than we should, but I just make sure that I'm always fully stocked. And I know that you're starting to do the same thing right now Mm -hmm. for your dad at this moment. I signed up for a subscription, which saves me 10% on every order and ships them to me automatically. Getting these delicious treats delivered to me on a regular basis has been a complete game changer for my new Katya healthy lifestyle. I'm ready to go. We have a special deal for our listeners right now. You can get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering the code date dateline at checkout. Monk Pack is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, you will. They'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So to get started, just go to monkpack.com, that's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com, and select any product. Then enter the code date dateline at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monkpack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. Monkpack, keto, nut and seed. It's really good. It's really good. C is for two to three grams of net carbs. Yeah, no. that's it. Perfect. I tried. So I'm about to blow your mind with something that is going to make you really happy and our longtime listeners of the show will get excited about as well. Tell me. Picture this. Your husband surprised you for a weekend hiking trip, but he's an idiot and only packed you lingerie because isn't that something husbands would do, as said by someone who doesn't have a husband? Mm. You can wear your beta brand pants straight from the office out onto the trail, then back to the hotel to have dinner with Jack and Red Rum at The Shining. Hmm. Perfect day, all in Beta Brand. Beta Brand's customer favorite dress pant yoga pants, which are dress pants that are as comfortable as yoga pants, are made of wrinkle-resistant stretch-knit fabric, which means you can wear them all day and night, from looking into people's eyeballs as your job to a wooded lovemaking session. 
They have tons of styles like boot cut, straight leg, skinny, cropped, perfect for summer. They mm-hmm. have plus sizes. They have short leg pants or the Kimberly size, which is like the extra short leg pants. The best part is that most of us have been wearing comfortable pants for the past year. And now that we're being forced to go outside again, it's like, what are zippers? Right. What are buckles? What are these things called belts? No, I don't have the energy. So I just ordered myself some yoga denim pants because it'll look like I've put in the effort of wearing jeans. But no, I've tricked everyone, much like Harold is a trickster. Uh, They also have a new restorative collection designed for living in and working in like their super popular Soho joggers. There we go. I said joggers. You're not the only one that says joggers. Beta brand says joggers. And they're one of their most popular pants. Who says joggers? You say joggers. Jogging pants. Jogging pants. Joggers is the cool term for jogging pants. Correct. I'm not that cool. You're not that cool. I've started to say joggers. I like Katya will switch from jogging pants to joggers. Katie said jogging pants. Katya says joggers. Right now, our listeners can get 30% off their first order by going to betabrand.com forward slash dateline. That's 30% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com forward slash dateline. Discover what it's like to be comfortable and confident and other C words all the time. Go to betabrand.com forward slash dateline for 30% off. Woo-hoo. I want my beta bread, beta bread, beta bread. I want my beta bread, beta bread, beta bread. C is for cropped. <laughs> it's summer. Thank you, Beta Brand. Thank you, Beta Brand. So after they had lunch, Harold takes a photo of Tony and she's wearing jeans. She should have worn some joggers. She wasn't ready. He packed her clothes. Harold packed her clothes. He packed her jeans for a yeah. hike. And a polo. And she looks great. And But it doesn't seem very comfortable. You're and, not wearing jeans on an all-day hike? No. Also... No, absolutely. You are not. if you're me and you don't own appropriate clothing for a hike, but I mean, come on. Also, I'd like to point out that her hair is perfect and not at all sweaty. And I can't express what I look like after 15 minutes of hiking. Sunscreen streaks mixed with sweat running down my face, and it's in my eye and it's burning, and I look like a greasy tomato. <laughs> why is sunscreen? Why, first of all, why is it on so thick that it's running? Okay, I have a lot of questions. I'll have to ask you. Because of the sweat. I'm going to ask you after because you're not using sunscreen right. Tomato. You're not using sunscreen right. It should have already melted into your skin. Okay, number two. Tony doesn't take a bad picture. Did you notice that in this date line? So even if she was sweaty, I just don't think she takes bad pictures. It's that Southern Belle thing. She's somehow able to And super photogenic. Yeah. Yeah. It's annoying. Harold says the ridge wasn't private enough. Again. Oh my gosh, Harold. Why do they need all this privacy for? So they climb down some loose rocks. No, no, no. Looking for another spot. And they end up on a small flat area with steep drops all around. No. And Tony takes a picture of Harold and he's smiling because he knows what's about to happen. You don't know. So now remember, listeners, how I freaked out when Andrea was on the side of a mountain? I'm sure they remember because I made a big deal about it, like a good friend. Now she is leaning like 
Keith off the side of a cliff. She's basically... It looks like she's about to rappel down a mountain. She's wearing a harness this time. But you can't see it. No, you can't see it that well. And then I think, then I was relieved. And then I was like, no, that's how dangerous this is, that she has to be wearing a harness. So now I'm mad all over again. I couldn't see the harness. When I'm looking at her for the first time, I just saw her on the edge of a mountain. Defying gravity. I was like, she's got to be on a green screen or something. What in the world's happening? And then she's like, it's really unsafe without safety equipment. And then she tugs on the ropes that are green. So they're like blending into the background. See, guys, Kimberly, it's okay. Calm down. But you couldn't see them. At least I couldn't on my phone right away see that there were ropes attached to her. No, I want her in hardier harnesses. I want her in bubble wrap and duct tape. One of those things that when you go into the sky on Broadway where it's like strapped on your chest, I want that apparatus. Yeah. Rangers believe that this is where Tony fell from. The exact place where our dear Queen Canning is now. Did I mention she's like almost perpendicular to the ground? No, that's not right. She's at a 45 degree angle She's almost at a 90 degree angle from the ground. No. That's what it felt like. None of this is okay. So Tony's friends start to think weirdly about this accident of Tony's. Tony's brother said Harold was very controlling. Whenever they'd call, he would listen in or take over the phone call, which is red flag city. And the what if that was the thing instead of New Jack City? Red Red flag flag city. city. C is for controlling. C is for controlling 100%. That was the compatibility score she did not know. She did not. He was playing on a different sheet. Mm-hmm. And control was like number two. Yep. Do you know what number one was? Crime. <laughs> Criminal. Okay. The manager, Tammy, said that Tony had said things like, it's easier if I just let Harold be right. No. No. Uh, You're a woman. You be right. You're a and doctor. She's like a competent doctor. You're a mother. You be right. You're worthy just by being yourself. You're worthy of being right. Sometimes Tony would avoid going home late from the office. She would like have no more patience to see, but she would sit at her desk playing games on her computer. And Tammy thought it was so strange. Like, did she not want to go home to her husband? Also, can I say that as an employee, how much would this piss you off? Oh, I've been in a situation like this where my boss is like, just dawdling. Oh, no, no. I don't think they're waiting for her to close up the office. I don't. You don't think so? No, no. I think it's like, bye. Bye, doctor. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Tony did not make them wait. No. Okay. No, 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 no. This isn't a situation like that. I know. But what's weird is that I feel like they should all be having Red Flag City from the sitting at the computer. Like you have a young daughter. Something's Uh wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something's wrong. And then something happened a year before her death at a mountain cabin that they owned. He joked to a friend about the incident and said, did you hear how I almost killed Tony? So apparently she was cleaning under the deck at 10 p.m. What? What? Under the deck? While Harold was walking across the deck while his wife is cleaning under the deck. What is she cleaning? 10 p.m. Um, what is there to clean under a deck? Dead raccoons? What are you cleaning? Bats? Spider webs? You're not going under there with like a scrubber brush. Did he make her go under there? 
That's what I think. Why on earth would you send your wife in the dark on your vacation weekend to clean under the cabin? Can you go get those dead badgers out from under the deck? It's not right. No. So he was walking across the deck and a beam fell on the back of her head. So scary. So did his foot go through the deck? See, I'm not understanding how the beam... Or was it like a loose... I don't know. Did he stomp on it and it went... I don't know. And this happened a year before. Was he walking back and forth, back and forth? Was he basically doing the big piano routine on the boards? Right. Trying to get something to break. This seems like a complicated thing to pull off, seeing we just had a double date where there were boxes pushed from above onto a woman's head, which seemed like it could be doable. This seems like you have to unscrew a beam just enough and then know right and be able to see through the slats in the deck enough to know when she's right under it that it falls Mm -hmm. or unless she's working on that specific thing and then it breaks. Maybe. Maybe he put something under that beam that she had to bravely go out in the dark and brave the bats and the dead badgers. And I don't think there were dead badgers. I hope not. That's sad. See us for carcass. (laughs) We don't know. So I don't understand. I just don't get it. It seems really like a complicated murder plot. If that was the intention. Three months after Tony dies, Harold sends out a Christmas card from him and Haley. And it's a photo of him and Haley Hiking? Walking in the snow by the cabin. It says, we appreciate your prayers for us as we walk through this difficult time. Tacky? I was expecting the bottom of the card to say donations can be sent to... (laughs) Right. Whatever. Harold55 at paypal.com. I just was concerned that they were hiking and that he said walking through this difficult time. Oh, and that they were actually going back to like it was a foreshadow, like Haley's next. Oh my God, I hope not. (laughs) It just reminded me of that one where the woman died because a deer came out in front of their car and she died in the car accident. And then he buried her, he got her remains put in an urn with a deer across it. I blocked that out of my mind. I have no memory of that. When did she die? When did Tony die? What month was it? Do we know the month? Was it like September? Well, if the Christmas card was three months earlier, then yeah, it would have been around September. Okay. So. I guess it's enough time. If she had died in November, I would be like, no card. It's weird. There were other things going on that made him suspicious. He couldn't seem to get his story straight. Yeah, that's the big one. The night he died, he told her brother Barry that she lagged behind and he lost sight of her. And then she was gone. She fell. He told Barry that in text, right? When he's text, this is the brother, the cardiologist that he's texting. When he talked to the other brother, Todd, Tony was taking a picture When Harold got a text, he looked down at the text. When he looked back up, she was gone, which is actually incredibly creepy, but. Really creepy. Oh, and it was a picture of Haley. So he kind of blamed the daughter. Right. It was a picture of Haley at her soccer game that I got texted. By the way, we are getting full interview with only one brother. We don't get Barry. Todd. We only get Todd and his wife. Todd. Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? (laughs) No. That's what you always do. I always go, those belong to Todd, which is from our other Patreon. So he told a lot of people she was Todd. I just love the way it sounds. I thought it was so magical the way she said it. And then Katie did not receive it like that at all. I don't think anyone received it. Like you you admitted later that maybe you had embellished. I might have embellished it in my mind. 
He had told a lot of people that she was taking pictures of wild turkeys. But then he told the ranger she was taking a picture of him. To which I said, because he's a turkey, eh? Oh, uh, there you go. But because she got killed in a national park, the FBI gets involved. There we go. And they are sus. Now we have a shot of the camera on the bottom of this rocky descent. And mm-hmm. Andrea is walking slash climbing down the rocks towards the camera, not wearing a harness this time. My point being, only Andrea can look this good with an upshot from the camera. No double chin. Nothing like when you turn your forward facing camera on accidentally and it's horrifying. Oh, my God. That's the worst day of your life. That's the worst minute. She looks glamorous coming down towards the camera. Magic. C is for criminal. <laughs> it's criminal. It is criminal. Friends of Tony thought that with Tony's knees, she wouldn't walk on these rocks. Then we meet a climbing guy, Joey, who is very cute and is an equally cute doggy. I was like, he would be perfect FBI candy. Perfect FBI candy. But he's he just a climbing like guy. He kind of looks like the Lori Vallow FBI candy guy. So he is just a climber. He is there for two seconds. He and Andrea basically stand in the brush of the woods. Basically like, you know, on that O.J. Simpson episode we covered where the snipers decorate, made themselves, disguise themselves to look like shrubbery. It was just a big ball of like leaves and sticks. Like pig pen, but they were snipers <laughs> hiding in there. And Why? basically that is how Andrea and Joey are standing in the brush with each other. Like leaves in their faces. This must have been a really hard shot to get. Is the yeah. only thing that's you know what's happening is they can't get distanced enough to get them both in the shots. <laughs> like yeah. you guys have to stand in these bushes. I'm so yeah. sorry. And the cameraman's trying to get in there somehow. He's like, I'll just use a zoom. The cameraman totally gets poison oak because he's yeah. like backing up into something crazy. <laughs> no. This was a this was a rough shoot. I hope that she had fun though. I hope that they had some fun in the mountains. I hope she has to take her family. I mean, it's beautiful there. Yeah. 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 So she's like, Joey, she doesn't say his name. Why would anyone be out here? Is this where they it's plausible that they would be? And he says, no, we are completely off trail at this point. There's no reason for anyone to be out here. This is way too advanced of rocks. They're loose. This is for experienced climbers only. And she was in her 50s and had bad knees. So it doesn't make sense. There's other things that don't make sense. There's an hour between his last phone call, or sorry, the last photo taken on the camera, which was right before the fall, and his first 911 call. So he said, yeah, it took me like an hour to get down there. But when the investigators go down to where she fell, it only took them a few minutes. This is what I don't understand. That's what I don't understand, because she fell 120 feet, right? How are they getting down there in minutes, like, safely? Because he's trying to get down without harnesses and without ropes, right? Well, he's going down around. Like, he's not climbing down directly. He's going around, like, the back down the path or something. He's not rappelling. But it would make sense that he has to find that way. The yeah. The police, the officers that are doing it, I'm assuming, have a guide with them who's like, okay, we need to go around here. And it takes them a couple of minutes. That's a good point. Still an hour seems long. Yeah. But I see yeah. your point. That makes sense. Why wouldn't you also try to call from the highest point where you had cell reception before going down the minute she fell, you call? Panic? I mean... Right? I might just panic and not think that I won't get cell phone reception down there. I don't know if I'd think that. 
What would you do if I fell? If I fell off a mountain, you and I are on one of your 52 hikes. I'd yell for help. I'd like be yelling because there must be other people out on the trail. Although it was getting late. The sun was going down. Would you try to go back up to the trail where you were if you weren't that far off and try to get someone? Or would you? Maybe. I don't think I would climb down if I like saw it was starting to get dark. I would try to get people's attention to me. Honestly, I don't know what I'd do in that situation because in my head, I think I would go. But then in reality, I might not want to see. Like, I feel like it might be really traumatic and gory. And I might not know if I want it, would want to look, you know, so I would want someone with me, you know. I think you would go get help. I feel like I might go get someone better qualified. I feel like his instinct was odd. That's all I'm saying. I'm, mm. I could be totally wrong. It just seems you spent an hour climbing down. If I couldn't find an immediate easy way down, I would go try to get help immediately somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like if it was taking me more than a few minutes to be like, okay, this is I'm in a fall too, or this yeah. does not seem right. I have to go yeah. get help. Yeah. So over the next six hours, even though his cell phone was dying when he got off with 911, Harold made or received 22 calls and 98 text messages. What about the friend that he was calling to like, can somebody come pick me up? Can what? Somebody, Explain um, that to I'm going to need a ride after my wife dies on this. Um, Can you pick me up at the turnaround by the ranger station? That'd be great. I'm going to be really exhausted. Thanks. Is that what he was? No, he was calling the friend to see if they would bring a helicopter, right? No, I no. He said a ride. Like maybe he thought she'll be taken by a helicopter. I'll need a ride to the hospital at this. It seemed like. Oh, he is a planner. I don't know exactly what this. Plan so maybe was. he is. I think you're exact. That makes perfect sense. So he's trying to get a ride to wherever she's going because he thinks she's about to be airlifted. Even though they told her repeatedly, him repeatedly, they were not sending a helicopter. They could not send a helicopter. That was never happening. I don't think Harold's a good listener. No, that's at true. all. Yeah. Also, that 22 phone calls, way too many. 98 yeah. text messages, way too many. That is my worst nightmare to have my phone blowing up like that. He's texting friends, family, he's calling people. When was he doing CPR? <laughs> he's just constantly at Ch Chatty Cathy on the phone. CC. Mm -hmm. What? So the ranger shows up and apparently he's just standing there doing a casual C lean. And when he sees the ranger, he rushes over to her and starts doing CPR. That's that makes me angry. That's not good. Also, Tony's lipstick isn't smeared. So either she wears an incredible brand of <laughs> no smear makeup lipstick, which Katie, I'm sure, knows of a great brand, mm -hmm. or he did not do CPR at all. Either of T those things are possible. Tony's also my kind of gal. This made me even more sad. I'm like, I love that she's hiking and hiking lipstick. in full lipstick because she's. Yeah, absolutely. I know. She's love classic. her. In the weeks prior to the accident, pings, cell phone pings show that Harold drove to that national park nine times. Ugh. Like he was scouting on a scouting mission for the perfect location for a deadly push, says Andrea, hanging off the side of a mountain again. Why would he need to do CPR at all if she fell? CPR seems like a not something you would do. It would seem like that if there was a fall involved, that the 911 operators, the rescue people would be trying to get him to assess if she had broken her neck. 
and trying to make sure that her body was in a position where she wasn't doing more damage, right? Not to try to hurt her more by thumping on her chest and possibly injuring her. Well, if you're not breathing, there's no harm because what's there to lose? If she stopped, because at this point she stopped she had breathing. Stop breathing. Yeah, that's why they he would do CPR. So it's like, what? It doesn't even matter if I break a rib; she's already gone. I have to do CPR. Yeah, but no. So now Harold had lost his first wife. Remember, Lynn. I had forgotten, but then they show us a picture of Lynn, and who does it look like? Because I was like, oh, who does it look like? They show a gradu- uh, like her in graduation robes. And I was like, did he marry Tilda Swinton? <laughs> Actually, I could totally see that. Just in this one picture, it's startlingly like Tilda Swinton. It was wow. So Harold marries Lynn. She is fun and fiery and full of life and Christian. Redhead. Redhead. And Lynn's friend Kim thought that Lynn's new guy Harold was very charming. And she gave him her stamp of approval. They married in 1982. On the wedding day, though, Kim thought Harold was being really controlling and strange. She tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it got weirder after that. He would listen in on phone calls, which he does currently, and Kim would be about to say something to Lynn and then would stop and say, is Harold on the line? And he would say, hey, Kimmy. I'm sorry, Kimberly. If Oliver listened into my phone calls. You would call the police. <laughs> is he on the call right now? Oliver? Blink once if he's on the call. This is not okay behavior. She it's, just blinked it, at me, guys. I don't. I winked it's, at you, which is different. Okay. That's a That was a cutie wink. C is for cute. Okay, so <laughs> that to me is flag level dark purple, almost a black flag. Such, such crimson bleeding red flag. It is... It's, it's really bad. Terrible controlling behavior that Ugh. it's not okay at all. And the fact that the friend knew and the fact Best that he didn't friend. even apologize when he's called out, Harold is Harold on the line and he just acts like it's normal. Hey, Kimmy, like that he hadn't been saying anything, but just being listening a creeper on the line. He wasn't even embarrassed that he was called out on it like that. He just it's so s- creepy. C is for creepy. I have a lot of questions for Kim because I have to ask Kim what's happening in her life. You know what's happening in Kim's life? What? Christianity. And no, the yes, the vibe she was getting from Lynn was Lynn kind of made herself be happy with the fact that she was obeying her. That She was subservient to her husband. Right. That she was putting him first. I get it. Yeah. But it also just, I think it depends on what church, like. Absolutely. 100%. There are millions of healthy relationships of Christians around the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is not, this is nothing, but it's definitely, you're right. She did say to Kim, I'm happy. I want to make sure that I'm serving my husband. Because the, he was be weird. Like if they would go off to the bathroom together, he would be like, come back quickly. Don't keep her for too long because I want to get to know you, Kim. Not like, it's just weird. And then, but the final straw was when he wouldn't let Lynn go to Kim's wedding out of town. And they were like such good friends. And Kim spoke up and Lynn said, I need to honor my husband. And that was that 
Yeah. Kim is a great interview. And my feeling is that Kim did try to ask her and she's not going to say that on Dateline. But my feeling is that Kim did try to figure out what was going on with her friend and her friend kept shutting that down. And she doesn't want to say that because it makes her friend look bad. Absolutely. That's probably true, too. And then she tries to smooth it over, too, by saying, I kind of just told myself maybe she's a better Christian wife than I am. Maybe she's better. She says that on Dateline. Maybe she's a better Christian wife than I am because like, she's like, I wasn't obeying I'm my husband not or do honoring that. my husband every you know, second like that. So cut to one night, a woman, Patricia, is driving down the road in the middle of nowhere in Colorado. She sees flares and a man trying to flag down a car. His Jeep had fallen on top of his wife. This was Lynn. Oh, my gosh. It's horrible. He, You could see her legs sticking out, Patricia said. My God. He told her they had stopped to fix a flat, and she went under the car to get a lug nut. Again, is chivalry dead? He makes Tony climb under the deck to clean under the deck at 10 p.m., and he makes Lynn go under the jeep to get the lug nut i'm not saying we aren't all empowered women but it's nice to have him offer no but the problem is that he is doing this because he's so controlling that to keep the peace what these two women are doing is just it's easier to just do what he says because otherwise it's going to be a month-long ordeal i think that Mm -hmm. that's what we're dealing with which is manipulative controlling behavior horrifying Yeah. yeah yeah So she went down to get the lug nut and the jack went out and she got pinned face down. Lynn eventually dies at the hospital and they rule it an accident. Harold has her cremated and scatters her ashes on a mountain. He loves a mountain. Is it the same mountain? We'll get to that. It's not the same mountain where they went hiking. It's not the same one where Tony was pushed. No, it is not. Okay. So he even kept driving that Jeep. What do you think about that? Is it because change is hard or is it I don't know it seems weird so now we are 18 years later and Tony is dead so now people are starting to look back into Lynn's accident so the investigator has to reach out to everyone who is around Lynn's accident so they call Patricia the woman on the side of the road and they say we're investigating something that happened when side of the road. And she says, what took so long? I've been expecting this for 18 years. I really like Patricia. She's great. She's on my VIP list for this episode. Also, she has no problem wearing sweats on Dateline. No. She's wearing joggers. Good for her. Yeah, I like it. So then we get to talk here from the EMT and who Katie loved. I think another hero, another MVP. I did like her very much who was on the scene that night. And she gets a call from the investigators and she right away says, is this about the woman where the car fell on her? Mm. And the investigator says, yes. And she says, thank God for 18 years, both women had been like, when what's happening. So the EMT felt that that night Harold was too calm. He wasn't asking how Lynn was. He kept walking around the car doing laps, basically. So she had to follow him like she's an assistant and he's a high powered businessman. And she's like trying to get his coffee order when she's trying to ask him questions because he just keeps moving. 
And Patricia, who found the car on the side of the road, also thinks he's asking weird. He had yelled at her when he, her and her friends tried to move Lynn. He's like, don't touch her. And Patricia said it was cold out and Lynn was wearing light clothes and he was wearing a big, heavy jacket. She's in a T-shirt. So Patricia and her friends take off their jackets and put them on his wife. He leaves his jacket on. As he is in heavy, heavy coat. So now that the county has, who had originally said that Lynn's death was an accident, they hire an investigator who was one of my MVPs, even though he's only there for a second, a wiry older gentleman. C is for Charlie. C is for Charlie McCormick, who is this adorable older gentleman. And he looks through the stories and he thought Harold was inconsistent. He is telling random stories about why they were on the road that night. He tells some people they were on their way to dinner. He tells other people they had just been at dinner. He told different stories about what the problem was with the tire. He told different people about how they couldn't get the jack to work. And that's why they were using this different jack. He said that they had tried to use oil to get the actual jack to work, but they never found oil. He told Patricia that she went under for a lug nut. He told Kim, the friend, she was going after a flashlight. He told the EMT that she was changing the tire. And the EMT says something a little sexist, but probably true, which is that at least in the 90s, a man is probably going to change the tire if it's a man and a wife out there. Well, I think the key is 90% of the time. If the wife doesn't have her coat with her and she's in a t-shirt and it's cold, but the, but the guy has his coat, it's probably the guy that's going to go outside and change the tire. Whoever is in the coat is changing the tire. Right. That's fair. Also, what's weird is that it, it could have just been they were both working on it and she was getting under the car to get whatever had fallen. Right. Like the thing is, this story is not hard to cement. None of these stories are hard to cement, see for cement down if you just put a little bit of effort into it. It's not that hard to remember lug nut versus flashlight. Right. Just pick one and say that that's it. But he cannot get his story straight. And it is hard to get your story straight. What with family lore being changed from generation to generation and people straight up lying about things that have happened, story worth is more important than ever. Yes. If there's ever been a year to make your dad or father figure in your life feel loved and appreciated on Father's Day, it's this one. I appreciate Bob. And even though I don't always make time to hear his stories about why his nickname in high school was Mongoose, I kind of don't want to know the answer to that. But one day I might want to know. Katie wants to know. The world wants to know. I think that's a resounding please (laughs) tell us. So that's why I'm giving him StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your dad, grandfather, father-in-law, father figure in your life, uncle, anybody, really, that you want to hear their stories and you want to have that storytelling bonding process, even if you can't physically be together. So every week, StoryWorth emails them a different story prompt questions like what things in your life are you the most proud of and now if you asked bob that in real life he'd say well not my children that's for sure but with oh. story worth i might get a real a- answer out of him because maybe he can't be as sarcastic when he's writing we hope let's see let's try let's see 
our moms love StoryWorth. Joni talks about it constantly. It's like the favorite part of her week answering these questions. And I know I'm going to cherish her responses for years to come. Last night, we were watching a show with Joel McHale, and she asked, is that a Jonas brother? Oh, maybe. Joel's going to be really flattered when I tweet that at him. And that's what her StoryWorth answers are like, and they're priceless. <laughs> After a year, StoryWorth will compile all of your dad's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. So give your dad the most meaningful gift this Father's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com forward slash date dateline. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's StoryWorth, W-O-R-T-H dot com forward slash date dateline for $10 off. Because I guarantee someone in your family has a story worth hearing. Oh my gosh, that was good. Okay, drop the mic and try to do as good on apostrophe right now. But I don't think you can because that was so good. (laughs) That's the challenge. Good luck breaking your own bar that you've set so high. (laughs) So while we're talking about stories, let me tell you a little story about my face. So if you're like me, then you have tried all the -the over-the-counter acne creams, over-the-counter acne patches, over-the-counter everything, plus some at-home concoctions that you read somewhere on the deep, dark corners of the internet helped somebody somewhere with their adult acne. (laughs) One of my more terrible tries was a paste that I made up with a lot of baking soda. Seems very harsh. This is not to be confused with the other paste that I made with my crushed up penicillin. These are two separate pastes. <laughs> I did eggs, actually. I did eggs. Yeah, I've done eggs. Have you done it? Yeah, eggs. It doesn't. I've done them all. I've done everything. I was pretty much desperate to find anything that could work to help my horrible adult onset cystic acne. But do you know what actually does work? Prescription treatments. That's why we are so excited to be sponsored by Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications, not to be confused with (laughs) Reddit-backed medications, that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified dermatologist, not someone in their mom's basement, who will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. All you have to do is fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats acne and they can also help you with any other skincare goals you might have, like reducing redness, wrinkles, dark spots, skin texture. Hello, that's me. I had a long list of skincare goals, including not just clearing up the acne, but also trying to improve my skin's texture, especially after damaging it so much with my at-home concoctions. C is for concoctions. (laughs) Apostrophe with their at-home delivery service meant that I could get the skin I always strive for delivered right to my home without wandering aimlessly through the internet or through the aisles of CVS. I am happy to say that thanks to my board-certified dermatologist-prescribed oral medications, I no longer suffer with acne. And with the help of the topical medications that I was prescribed, my skin's texture is looking better. And someday you may never even be able to tell that I rubbed questionable internet remedies onto my skin. So. Subtitle of her bio. I know, right? (laughs) Katie's story. Rubbed questionable things from the internet on her face. That sounds 
terrible. Yes, it does. But speaking of having them delivered at home, the unboxing experience of Apostrophe is amazing because they come in these adorable boxes with cute postcard and stickers that you can personalize your own prescription bottle. You're getting prescription medication, but it feels somehow more fun. It does. Clear up your skin. Also, it's just so worth having an at-home delivery service because you don't have to go into a pharmacy. And especially if you're struggling with your skin, sometimes going out in public is not the most fun thing. I suffered with from that for a while. So this is really a godsend while you're trying to work on your skin's mm-hmm. appearance. Apostrophe is great. It's a great company for that. So we have a special deal for our listeners. You can save $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash date dateline when you use our code date dateline. This code is only available to our listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash date dateline, click begin visit, and then use our code date dateline at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. And seriously, From the time you start to the time it ends, this is a very quick process. You're not waiting weeks or months for these visits. It's very fast. So you can get started today and be well on your way within a couple weeks. It's amazing. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash date dateline and use that code date dateline to get $15 off your dermatology visit. Thank you so much, Apostrophe, for helping us put an exclamation point on our skin troubles. You apostrophe RE are going to love it. Oh, that's great. Was it worth adding on to? Probably not. C is for clear skin. Oh, so good. You're on fire. Thank you, apostrophe. Thank you. So back to the investigation into Lynn's death. In the old photos that our investigator sees, there's a shoe print on the fender. Like maybe they... He kicked the car, pushed the car down with his foot like to guide Maybe it off the Maybe he kicked the jack. car? Okay, he Maybe. did. Maybe, yeah. No one ever looked at that or matched the shoe print or anything. No one ever checked the jack to see if it was broken. And his story kept changing. Once while addressing a Sunday school class, he said his wife died of cancer. Tony's, the big C, Tony's friend Allison <laughs> heard that the back, this story killed me, the back of the Jeep opened you know, like the hatchback right? and hit her on the neck and she died instantly. How does that, how? Oh, like it broke her neck. Those things do not swing up fast. How is that? She was standing there under it and then it, I don't, okay. Maybe that's happened and I don't know. He's a a horrible liar. Yeah, he's a horrible liar. So Tony's brother, Todd, had heard that it was just a car accident. And when he hears what actually happened, he says, that sounds worse than my sister's case. So Harold has gotten Tony, second wife Tony, cremated right away. Same with Lynn, against Mm. the family's wishes. He takes her ashes. He spreads them on the exact same spot of the mountain where his first wife was scattered. Yeah. So it means nothing to either of them. It's just He just kept saying, oh, it was her favorite spot. No, it's his favorite spot. So investigators go to Kim. Now, Kim was Lynn's best friend, but she stayed friends with Harold, even through his marriage with Tony. And so they ask her to wear a wire. She's wearing a wire. She's terrified. They go out to lunch. At one point, the wire wasn't working and the investigators call her on the phone while she's sitting there with Harold and she has to answer. And they say, your wire's not working. Go to the bathroom and they fix it, which happened on Bob's Burgers. 
when he was trying to take down that fake meat man. But Kim gets, unfortunately, not much out of this conversation. But she tried. Good for her. She would not be my first choice (laughs) to wear. She's very sweet, but I would not think that she could do that job. Well, she did. She first said no. And then they go to the pastor and say, what should we do this? What is God telling us to do? And the pastor says, well, if you believe he's innocent, you have a chance to help prove that he's innocent. So look at I it love that, that way. Pastor. I love that. Can that pastor come on the show? Because nailed good it. for that pastor. That was like, such a smart move to play it like that. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't playing it, but kinda. no, I don't think he was playing it. I think he just wanted the truth to come out. But I loved it. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that was good advice. So. Over time, she starts to go from thinking he definitely had nothing to do with it. He's just a poor man with insanely bad luck in wives' accidents, freak accidents. Like, these are not normal accidents. These are not two car accidents or something that happens tragically all the time. These are both freak accidents. And there was the beam accident also. So there's a lot going on. Now there's life insurance. Harold got 600000 in Lynn's life insurance, which he lived off of after she died. He lived very frugally. And lied, said it was only 300000 and it turns out it was doubled. So, yes. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And to make it last, he did live frugally because he just didn't want to get a job. It's as simple as that. He didn't even care that he was having to live so frugally to make it last. He just did not want to get a job. And then he starts to run out of money. He starts to look for another woman. He starts dating Tony and he starts researching a bunch of women on this Christian dating sites, financial situations, dating them, asking them tons of questions about their jobs and where they lived and trying to gather how much money they made. So he meets a woman named Sansere, which I'm obsessed with that name, Sansere. It sounds like Game of Thrones. Yeah, that'd be fun. But imagine spelling it out for FedEx people and stuff. All people, every teacher, your whole life. Yeah, yeah. She thought, okay, this guy is a widower. That's interesting because she said normally he's like late 40s and he's still single, never been married. I would kind of think he was a freak. But because he was widowed, I was like, yes, that's great. I love that she was honest. She's gentlemen. This is how women think. You need to listen. This is what we're thinking. This is why in the Seinfeld episode, George's story about his fiance dying got the best bonus points with the ladies. They love yeah. that. So they want to think I can I can love them back to life. And at least I won't be competing with another woman that he doesn't get along with. But I think it's almost worse. You're competing with a ghost who is probably perfect in their memory. If you've seen any show, movie, anywhere, you know that that's true, that you can't compete. Also, you might be getting haunted by an actual ghost. You don't know. A.K.A. ghost with Patrick Swayze. But he was a good ghost to have around. He was helpful. And handsome. And helpful and handsome and great at pottery. So she thinks that... She probably was dating him around the same time that he was already engaged to Tony. So he was like looking for backup wives or maybe alternates in case he didn't work. Things didn't work out with Tony. He told many of the women, I'm rich. You don't have to work anymore. If you want to be a stay at home mom, we'll have kids and you can stay at home. That's what he promised Tony. But remember, she went back to work and built a huge practice. 
because right. he did not follow through on that. He promised Tony that? Mm-hmm. Ugh. He told people he was a fundraiser for a nonprofit. He had a business card and he had a P.O. box. And he said he helped churches, schools, hospitals, all good Christian things to do. Mm -hmm. And no, when the FBI digs, they find no tax records, no pay stubs, anything that showed that he had actually had a job since Lynn died. It was all a lie. How do you not check? I'm so not (sighs) blaming. I'm absolutely not blaming Tony, but. You know what I'm saying? I do. I absolutely do. I think in more relationships than we would like to think, the women keep them, put them, let the men be in charge of all the finances and don't ask questions. You don't think Tony was in charge of her own finances? She made the money. She was the doctor. I don't think she did, though, because he was so controlling. I think she slowly changed. I think she went into the relationship thinking it was an equal partnership. And I think his manipulation and threatening, maybe I'll divorce you. I'll take away our child, you know, like really abusive gaslighting. Probably that stuff changes a person. So it's not victim blaming. It's just like something that happens to even the strongest of women in relationships. But I think you should know about the money. You should have your own money. You should have a backup safety net for yourself in case something happens. Not everyone has that luxury. But things we learn from Dateline, absolutely. And that's privilege, too, because a lot of people can't afford that. They can't they don't have a safety net even as a couple or as a family. So it's really difficult, really difficult. So he goes apparently he would go on business trips every Thursday, like scheduled business trips for his charity work. And he was actually spending Thursday where, Katie? I can't think of anything that starts with a C. It's Panera. <laughs> it stinks. C is for crumb cake and coffee. Chain, chain restaurant. C is for coffee shop. Darn it. Is Panera a coffee shop? No. I've never had Panera. Is that weird? What's weird is that I've only had it once in the past five years, but it was in the past few months because someone mentioned something and I thought that kind of sounds good. But then the joke was like someone said, oh, it'll make you, it'll like give you the poops or the toots or something. And are you about to tell a poop story? No, but it did make me a little gassy. So I remembered that. So you did tell a poop story. I kind of did. Also, why someone telling a story about a kind of food that makes you gassy makes me want to have it is something I need to delve into with my therapist. But also it proved true. So do we have a better help at? No, (laughs) I'm worried about you for a couple of things. What did the waiters and waitresses think of him at Panera or the people who serve. I don't even think they have waiters and waitresses. You check out at the counter. I'm hoping it wasn't in that town. No, it was. It was only a short, a short drive from the house. He's such a lazy criminal. It said a few, a few miles from his house, a few miles. What if she had gone there? What if she had had a patient cancel? Yeah. What if somebody from the office had gone to pick up, but then they'd be like, oh, I saw your husband. And she's like, oh, he must be there on his lunch break. No, because he's supposed to be out of town on a business trip. Oh, on a business trip. That's right. So what? Seriously, a no Tammy never went to Panera. Like, I guess it was at lunchtime. So maybe or at dinner time. Maybe it was at dinner time. He apparently would sit there eating and surfing the web. So every Thursday. Also, that's also proof that he's in charge of the finances because she's obviously not looking at any credit card statements or anything. But so 
Panera, Panera, Panera. And he probably does it under the guise of, well, let me just take this off your hands. You're so busy. You know, I'm sure he's got, oh yeah, I'm sure he's got the whole thing worked out. Okay. He told Tony that he had to stay in Colorado for his job and he made her move from her family and friends in Mississippi and make her start her life completely over in Colorado. And it seems to be to control her easier. He could separate her from her family. And even maybe Andrea questions to kill her. Like, did he have that plan from the very beginning of their marriage? And Todd, her brother, thinks, yes, he did, because he got the first life insurance policy on Tony right after the honeymoon. So he thinks this was planned from the very beginning. What and do you think? I do. I think okay. so. There was a t- I mean, it's also a pattern. He did it with Lynn. So it's not that much of a stretch that he's it's more of a stretch to think he's changed. He really loves Tony. He's going to make it work. And then 12 years later was like, no, I think I'm going to kill her, actually. No, I think it was the plan all along. So he got over the years a bunch of life insurance policies, some Tony knew about and some she didn't. And at the end, he would get four point seven million dollars. And he said that was all for Haley. But there's only one policy that has Haley's on name on it. And that was the policy that Tony's parents had bought. And Harold has her name removed from the policy and has his name put on instead. And this is weeks before the beam fell on her head. So, yeah. Two years after her death, Harold is finally arrested. Trial starts. There's no forensic evidence. There's no DNA. But there was the life insurance, the fact that he scoped the spot out so many times, and, oh, and his changing stories. But there's also, they find a map in his car And it has an X right where she fell. Come on. Come on. That just makes me angry. C is for cantankerous. Like that. (laughs) I'm really unhappy about that. This is too much. Left it in your car? Yeah. Stupid. You couldn't memorize it? I guess the trails are complicated. Couldn't you put a dot or something that they wouldn't see? You had to do a full on X marks the spot, like a treasure map. No, because technically didn't they eat lunch right there? No, that was right before they fell. So it was a different spot. In his defense, he could easily say, I had scoped out the trail and this was the spot where we could take pictures or something like that. He really could. But if he was a smart person, he would have written like P.O., like photo op or something or like lunch. So the defense has their own reasons why none of this points to him. They say his phone wasn't showing trips to the park. The cell phone pings were actually showing trips to the family cabin. Again, why didn't they stay there? Yeah, instead of the shining well, did they stay there no they, no, stayed, they at stayed at the shining at the, but they stayed at the shining hotel because it was their anniversary yeah I so guess maybe like fancy. the water was weird at the cabin or something or there were badgers just hundreds of badgers Hot infestation of badgers <laughs> i'm sorry do badgers live in colorado i don't know i hope so where do badgers live england no i'm sure they're everywhere rural like that So the defense says, well, Tony would still be alive if the park had just sent the helicopter that Harold begged for and offered to pay for. They couldn't send the helicopter. Let it go. Oh, my God. They couldn't send a helicopter. Ten foot rope. Couldn't you have him hanging from a ten foot rope? No. Basically, Harold is an odd duck. The defense says he's a blowhard. He talks too much. But that doesn't mean he kills her. It's that old we don't like him either, jury member, but he's not a killer. 
I see you, ma'am, in the jury, and we also hate him, but that doesn't mean he's a killer. It's a great defense. Now, the judge allows in testimony about Lynn's accident, Lynn's life insurance, and his differing stories when Lynn died. That makes me wonder if there could be an appeal after, like that shouldn't have been allowed in. I see. Because we've now learned from things like that on Dateline. Mm-hmm. Now, Andrea sits down with three older men with white hair that are the jury. They all looked kind of the same. They kind of did. So those are just the three that wanted to talk to Andrea. Three old white men love Andrea Canning. Yeah, for sure. Yes, I will talk to her. So they say they think Tony was a target because of her age, because she wanted kids. She might she was kind of maybe desperate to get married. And he preyed on women like that. That's awful because she seems like a wonderful person. It's just absolutely awful. Yeah. When they looked at the last photo that Tony took of Harold, he's looking over the cliff and holding on to a tree for stability. So they think he kind of said, now you do that pose and I'll take a picture of you. So that kind of dared her to go that close to the edge, holding on to the branch And then he pushed her from behind. They find him guilty. Tony's family asks that he doesn't get the death penalty so that daughter Haley doesn't lose both of her parents, which I thought was incredibly generous of them. He gets life instead. He's never been charged with Lynn's death. Why? It's too late. They don't have the evidence they need. For Lynn's family and friends, I'm sure it would mean a lot to them. But maybe they were okay with it. Maybe they could do a wrongful death. Yeah. Like a suit. But I think that costs a lot of money because he's they're not going to get any money from him. Right. So if they got money from him, it would just be taken out of the life insurance. It's now in a trust. But right? he wouldn't get any of Tony's life insurance because he participated in the crime that killed her. So once he oh, was convicted, yep. he wouldn't get any of that life insurance. So he's mm-hmm. probably broke. When we leave Tony's family, they are fighting hard to get custody of Haley And you're like rooting for them because he was in jail saying he wouldn't give up custody and being a jerk. C is for custody. C is for custody battle. And she now lives with the older brother, Barry, the cardiologist. And she gets to grow up with her C for cousin, Anna Kate, who is the same age. They both were pregnant at the same time, the sister-in-law and Tony. And... She is the cutest little munchkin I've ever seen with glasses. That kid's going to be a star. She has the it factor. She has like thick glasses and she's pretentious, not pretentious, precocious and cute and better keyword. And she says she has a Southern accent and she's like, people say I'm therapeutically helping her through this. I don't know how I'm doing this. I don't know how I'm doing. I just I guess I'm entertaining her. It's so cute. The glasses the are little just, glasses. they just make it. Yeah. There's something about a kid and sort of thick glasses. Yeah. Thick glasses. Oh, so cute. But she's really well-spoken and she does a great job. She opens the episode too. And immediately when the episode starts, I'm like, well, I'm not going to make it through this episode. If this has anything to do with this child. She's like writing letters to her aunt, Tony in heaven. But it turns out it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's all right. Our last precious moment is that the manager at Tony's office, Tammy, Haley comes into the office and she says, would you like your mom's lab coat? And 
She says, Miss Tammy, I would like that a lot. And then she smelled it and she said, it smells like mommy. C is for crying. C is for crying. So many tears. And also, I think it's been a while since we've had a really good Tammy. Yeah. I like Tammy from the jump because her husband was like, we need to investigate this. And I was like, Tammy and her husband are amazing. Yep. Uh They're like totally a fearsome duo Mm -hmm. getting out there and making sure that there's justice for Tony. I love that. It's really cute. So have your you liked this episode? Did you have outside info? You had heard this case before? I had. I had heard it, I think, on a couple of different things. Yes. I thought the Dateline covered it really, really well because I didn't remember any other information. But I remembered when I thought about this case is when we watched The Staircase because I knew that there was a similar case. And this is the case I was thinking of when we watched The Staircase because he he had the two wives. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that one wasn't his wife, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one wasn't his wife? The wife of, the, it was the wife of the neighbor uh, on the staircase. It wasn't his first wife? Oh, I'd forgotten that. Okay. But anyways, that's what, it made me think of this case with the car. Because I remember how, hor- like, both of the deaths in this case are specifically horrific. They are. They're kind of like your worst fears, kind of. Those weird, like, the things we're all kind of secretly afraid of. Not secretly. Falling from a great height or being crushed. Anytime I see anyone under a car, I'm nervous. Uh, Absolutely. I'm sure mechanics get used to it, but it's a little nerve wracking. It's a horrible thing. And then having it done by the person you're supposed to trust the most in the world by your partner. So I am not surprised they had to ask for him to be spared the death penalty. Let's just put it that way, because if there ever was a death penalty case, this is going to be one. Also, he just his smarmy smile Ugh. in every picture. I hated his smile. He's such well, a bad person. Am, but he's a bad person. Okay. We do have a promo for you guys that I'm really excited about. I basically found these people on social media, probably through a listener, discovered who was on the show, and then made them be friends with us. So it's not the first time and won't be the last time. No. But one of my favorite actresses, Legitimately, one of my favorite comedic actresses is Lauren Ash. She's on Superstore. She's so freaking funny. And she has a podcast with her sister, Christy, who is equally hilarious. And they both have the most amazing voices. They have a podcast called True Crime and Cocktails. And it is awesome. It's just like two sisters talking about true crime and drinking. Great. Yeah. What could be better? But seriously, what could be better? It's the two C's. True crime and cocktails. There we go. Crime cocktails. So they're on season two now. They're talking about famous, mysterious celebrity deaths. They're talking about pop culture, true crime. They're talking about all that stuff. So their logos, like the two of them under the blankets with flashlights doing like like a sleepover telling true crime stories. Aw. So cute. Huge fan, love them, and listen to their promo right now. 
Hi, my name is Lauren Ash. You may know me from starring in TV shows like Superstore or She-Ra or Scare Tactics. And I'm her sister, Christy Oxborough, semi-professional researcher and fully certified internet sleuth. And together, we are the hosts of True Crime and Cocktails, your new favorite true crime deep dive podcast. In season one of our show, we extensively researched all of the new Netflix Unsolved Mysteries episodes. And beginning in January 2021, season two will be a famous fatalities edition. From mysterious celebrity deaths to famous unsolved cases we'll be bringing you more boozy true crime combos so put on your pjs pour yourself a drink and join our true crime slumber party new episodes of true crime and cocktails drop every tuesday yes check them out guys yay okay b-roll bonanza tony's brother todd mm-hmm. who is anna kate's dad and his wife are having this spread of cheese and crackers in this incredibly fancy room and the cheese and crackers are on a fancy serving tray with this kind of dome thing with drinks in it. I feel like they set out apps or cocktails or something for the Dateline crew maybe to film their B-roll. Unclear. There's no one else in their house. It's just them. Yeah. Was that for the camera crew? Yes. Southern hospitality. They're in Colorado, right? No, they're in Mississippi. They're in Mississippi. Yes, absolutely. Southern hospitality. Yeah. Also, it was just fancy and the cheese looked delicious. That is all I need to say about that. I like fancy spreads a lot. So is Rhonda walking by Old Miss? <laughs> she is walking by water. It's possible. Is that where she is? My soul didn't call back to, <laughs> to the water. my origin body of water it didn't feel the pull like a sense memory type thing like it knew i belonged back in those dirty waters but if you guys don't know what i'm talking about i did fall in the mississippi river when we went to crime con in new orleans she did she almost slipped away from us it was so fast it was like falling (laughs) off a cliff you were you were bam she was down it just out of nowhere really funny and then i went on a two-hour ghost tour with katie in soaking wet clothes oh my goodness that story is also on our patreon i didn't notice that body of water walk i noticed more a lot of phone call walk and talks or a phone call and writing down notes furiously oh yeah if anyone ever said they got a call dateline put them on their phone pretending to be on the phone and taking notes on that phone call we don't know what those notes were Yeah, really good. It was dramatic. So we got like the EMT and we got like her taking notes. I think anyone who got a call, basically. We got the EMT definitely on her computer, right? Maybe. Yeah. Patricia, the one who found the car, she was just standing on the side of the road in her B-roll. She was just like, her interview was just outside because it's Colorado. It's beautiful. Just She just wanted to be outside. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, just film me right here. We don't have to go anywhere fancy. The perfect person you'd want to help in a situation like that. You know what she was? What? Cool, calm, collected. Yeah, three C's. Mm-hmm. A cool, calm, collected cat. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was. Who's playing guitar? Tony's friend. But I don't think I wrote down her name. It's not Kim. It's the, the friend that we see at the very beginning. Yeah. Because she was Tony and Harold's friend. Yeah, I don't remember. It's just the second time we've seen someone play a guitar. In like two weeks. I'm fine with it as long as he doesn't look douchey. I'm fine with the wo- I'm fine with the woman playing guitar. Yeah, it was interesting. I'm wondering if someone just sees the guitar and is like, hey, do you play? And she's like, OK, I'll play. And she didn't seem like. Yeah, as long as you're not like 
hey, let's make a campfire and let's sing the 18 verses of American Pie. Badly. Here's what I think is the difference. If someone sees a guitar in your house, like if the Dateline sees the guitar and says, hey, do you play? Or if she walks out with the guitar and is like, I was thinking maybe I could play my new song for you. Right. That, there's the difference. Yeah. Okay. Big difference. So much over the cliff footage. I might say it was too much. <laughs> gratuitous. It felt gratuitous. It did. It felt like they were not taking into account that like a lot of people are scared of heights. Yeah. I. You know, what's weird is I'm deathly afraid of heights and it didn't bother me at all. Oh, I did not enjoy it. I it Andrea bothered me being on the side of the cliff, but I was okay with the cameraman apparently being on the side. Oh my of the cliff. gosh, that's not right. That's not right at all. It didn't make me. It didn't give me vertigo or anything. And I really like. I can get vertigo just imagining being on a high place. Yeah, there's that's this a serious sh- fear. Yeah, I know. Like if you offered me a million dollars, like if we were on the Amazing Race, and I had to jump out of a plane, I don't think I could do it, even for a million dollars. So. We see this camera swooping into the office to kind of surprise Tony for the weekend. They do this shot where it's like a point of view shot where the camera is kind of moving fast. But I think they think it looks like just to mimic someone's actions that day. But it always looks like a sniper in a video game. Yes, I see that. Or a killer breaking into someone's house and they're going to kill someone. I could see that. Definitely. That's all I had for B-Roll Bonanza. I have a very... Important observation, because we're both watching the end of Mayor of Easttown. No, it's called Mar, Katie. What'd That's what Joni calls it. Mar it's Vista. just called Mar. She calls oh. it Mar. Occasionally, she calls it Mar Vista. Okay. Mar. <laughs> Was Roxanne, the EMT, the inspiration for our Oh, I could, it. yeah. So much. Yeah, I could see that. It's like Mayor in 15 years. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Yeah. I was struck by it. I was like, These oh. are like hearty women just kind of no nonsense no bs no nonsense no fuss yeah they just don't have time for things like that no yeah Mm-mm. they know what's important and they'll have a good they'll have a beer with you and yeah and that's it i love it okay what do you got titles let's hear let's hear let's go let's go time you should have a lot i should no just kidding <laughs> that's a lot of pressure no pressure no you pressure. should have a lot i was trying to get some panera i couldn't did you oh no, I did not try for that okay. at all. Oh, a, a path to Panera. There we go. I just did it. Perfect. A path filled with hen thorns. I did try to get somewhere with hen thorn. That's good. But then I got stuck on thorn birds. I couldn't. Right. I couldn't bridge the gap. Climb every mountain. Mm-hmm. Climb. That's pretty good. Ain't no mountain high enough. That's good. But then my number one title is Here's Harold. Oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. Because it's a Stanley. I like it. What about falling for love? Have we done that yet? No. Falling in, falling for love. I got, okay. I tried Harold is flawed because it sounded like Harold and Maude. (laughs) That's a reach. It is a reach. Overhead and underfoot over the mountain. Well done. Head over heels, colon, Harold Henforth's Christian matches. And then I have the five C's officially. In order, in timeline order. Car, Jack, Cash, Christian Match, Cliff. Mm-hmm. A chance for Haley. Okay, and just in case, in case anyone missed 
last week's episode, I'm going to request that Adam, our editor, puts that clip from last week in right now. I am doubted. I'm sure yours are good. No, I have two very serious ones. I have my part and... (laughs) Why did you do a thing like that? I don't know. I couldn't think of anything funny. Why did you do serious ones? I couldn't think of anything funny. I honestly couldn't. And then a chance for Kaylee. That's it. For Kaylee, you did a serious title that would be like an actual Dateline title? kind of depressed me, and then I read this whole prison letter, and I got all sad. So I don't know. I don't know. I had a brain spasm. Remember how we were talking about the cogs in your brain that don't light up? That happened to me. A chance for Kaylee. That's a real Dateline. That, like, could be the Dateline title. It definitely could be, because she's got a chance now. Oh, my God. Since when do we do serious titles? Are you new here? I couldn't think of anything funny. I know that's happened to you before when you just can't get there. Oh, totally. And then I just say I don't have any titles. And I just couldn't get there. And at least I had the courage to read a chance for Kaylee. (laughs) So I'm nothing if not. I'm slightly heroic. So I'm amazed you didn't get there. I was so worried you were going to get there in the titles because it's so close. I haven't written in huge letters. I was waiting for that last C. I thought it was going to be cremation. No. I thought it was going to be incarceration. Oh, that's so good. But it has to be a chance for Haley. Yeah. It has to be a chance for Haley. Oh, I was so worried you were going to get there. I was like, oh, please don't let her get there. (laughs) Now Katie's crying. She made me cry with that title last week. (laughs) I have to own it now because it's who I am. Also, has anybody done a T-shirt yet? Because we should probably go ahead. Someone has requested a T-shirt. So we're just waiting for the design. I have an idea. I have an idea. I might try to mock one up. Okay, do it. Follow us on social media. Yes. Dateline. Yes, thank you. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and check out our Patreon. We do bonus episodes every month and live chats, live streams. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, we could use the love. Thank you. Could we use it? Is it sad? Do you think I'm scared? (laughs) The way you said it made me concerned. Well, I'm trying to get the word out just in case. (laughs) C is for just in case. We need to get that good. Leave us a review of what your five C's would be in a relationship. And that we will know that it is you. I really wonder what they were now. It couldn't be if it's a compatibility test. One of them can't be compatibility, right? Complexity? You know she thought of three of them the minute she left the interview. You know that happened. Oh, the girl, the friend, yeah, who couldn't think of them on Dateline. Yeah, the friend that was trying to remember what they were. I'm sure chemistry was correct. I think chemistry was brilliant choice of Andrea's. Yeah, definitely. But if you guys have any ideas about what the others were, I thought character. But if you can think of more. Character, I think, is definitely right. Char- so that's three. Christianity, character, and chemistry. And chemistry. So what are the other two? Choice. Children. Children. Would they have to be on the same page about yeah, children? Yeah, that's good. So that's four. That's compatibility. Somebody wants children, somebody doesn't. Absolutely. So what's the fifth? 
It's not cash, which is my other guess. But <laughs> Cats? You have to love cats? Criminal background. Maybe. She obviously did not check, though. So, conspiracy. I got nothing. Cake. Conspiracy is good. Cake. Are you chocolate or vanilla? We'll find out. I think it's cats. They didn't mention cats at all in the episode. Right, because they were both on the anti-cat scale. Makes perfect sense. Who said that? I'm saying it. No, Tony was a cat lady. Don't give me that. But you said they didn't mention cats at all. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, I don't know. Now I don't know. All right. If you know the fifth C, let us know. Yeah, just We're going to get a lot of good answers. The fifth C. Yeah, the fifth C. That's good. It sounds like a movie. It's really good. I'm writing it down for some reason, just in case we need to remember it later. Okay, All right. (laughs) Bye, everybody. She's Googling badgers right now. They live in the Great Plains of North America. Look at these guys. Look at those guys. They're funny. Oh, they are funny. They're mean, though, right? But I need to embrace my inner badger because I'm a Hufflepuff now. So, yeah, you really do.